0: First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. Hi, good morning. Whenever I tell people about the religion of my childhood, I will typically say something like, well, I grew up in the buckle, in the buckle of the Bible Belt in southwest Missouri. But we liked to sleep in and watch cartoons on Sundays instead. Like all children, I was spiritual in my own way, church or no church. I had a vibrant imagination, appreciated art and music, and enjoyed simple childlike meditations like taking in the scenery during road trips. I came from a road tripping family. And when I was about 19 or so, we were traveling through Iowa. I remember that long drive, taking in the landscape, I remember being transfixed by the impossibly large, spinning wind turbines looming over the verdant crops. You don't have those in Missouri, or at least where I'm from. On that beautiful day, I was pondering my future, college, career, and adult life. The great, exciting unknown was laid out before me. Peering out into the distant rolling hills, I thought to myself, you know, I could maybe live here one day. Something about this seems kind of nice. When I first heard of Unitarian Universalism, I was visiting Kansas City with friends from college. Driving past a little building with a rainbow flag on it, the sign said, All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. I asked if anybody knew what that was. Someone said that it was some sort of religious place for anyone. Where those around you may have different beliefs and spiritualities, a fair assessment, if you ask me. And hearing that, I instantly felt an an attraction to that place. I wanted to walk up to it and meet the people inside. I wanted to know what they were believing, what they were doing. This spoke to the parts of me that longed for a spiritual community. And I thought to myself, maybe I could visit a place like that one day. In the summer of 2015, I graduated with a degree in design. Dad helped me haul all my modest belongings to my new apartment in Des Moines, 368 miles from where I was born. I was excited to explore the city and start my fancy new job. Years had passed since that road trip across Iowa, and now that once passing thought had become true. I was coming to Des Moines where I didn't know a single soul, and I was excited. After my arrival, I had an eventful summer. Explored the local bike trails and parks, the art center, the summer festivals, all by myself. I had a to-do list, including checking out the local Unitarian Universalist Church at some point. I was remembering what my old friend mentioned to me all those days ago, a religious place for anyone. Fast forward to July 4th of that summer. By this time, I was becoming a little bit more agitated, a little bit more lonely. I was missing a summer holiday with no family or friends nearby to celebrate. Not really sure what to do with myself, I thought, well, maybe... (laughs) Maybe I should treat myself to some pancakes. (laughs) True story. True story. You can laugh. (laughs) I'll feel a little better. So I went to IHOP all alone on Independence Day. (laughs) I can't say it was an enjoyable experience, but I realized I really needed to make some new friends in town. So the next morning, I walked into First Unitarian. I was a bit nervous and excited. I had no clue what to expect. Would I be meeting a bunch of barefooted hippies or woo-woo weirdos or high-minded humanists or religious zealots or insufferable social justice warriors? The answer, of course, is yes to all of that. (laughs) But more importantly, more importantly, I found First Unitarian to be a community of ordinary people living life the best they can, sharing a beautiful vision of love, hope, humanity, and justice. Here we have a summer tradition where the pulpit is frequently in the hands of congregants. That's why you're seeing me today. And that's why eight years ago, my first service was led by youth. Keegan Walpole and his mother Petra led a service about the spiritual teachings of Star Wars, of all things. It covered how the hero's journey helps frame the transitions we experience in life from the profound to the mundane. I was blown away that a place could exist that allowed young people to not just participate, but lead, lead services and speak their own truth. And I was thinking, so this is what religion can be, and this is what can go on in a church, and they call it worship. And so at some point, I realized, okay, this is kind of cool. This is neat. After the service, I braved my first coffee hour. At that time, uh, friendly members carried a bright green coffee mug to signify that they're available to talk to newcomers. That first conversation with that green coffee mug between us led to another introduction, then another, and then another. Because I chose to put myself out there, and because there were those who could give me their attention, I immediately felt welcome, and I chose to come back. Over time, the connections became wider, deeper, longer, more true, and more loving. I joined a Soul Matters group the following fall. Soul Matters is our premier small group program that encourage all of you to join. Each session, we listen deeply to one another and ourselves. It was here that I learned to generously share my inner life because trust and deep listening was highly valued. We agreed to avoid any fixing, advising, or setting one another straight. Every urge I had to make a suggestion to somebody else's problem was met with a gentle inner reminder, listen, just listen. Soul Matters wasn't ever about solving someone else's problems right there on the spot. It was all about paying deep, quiet attention to the people in the room, including yourself. Here it was easy to come by joyful smiles, insight, wisdom, tender memories, and restful contentment. And also, of course, tearful eyes, tense silence, grief, devastation, and disappointment. For me, the big lesson Soul Matters taught me is that everybody is worth understanding. Everybody is worthy of empathy, of dignity, of love. Everyone's lives are as complex and as storied as yours. The hope Soul Matters gave me is that quiet, deep attention has a great power over the listener. It can crack you open, fill you with the wonder and awe of another human life. Imagining the largeness, the multitudes within a person is a barrier to ignorance, dehumanization, or hate. My hope is that a little bit of curiosity and attention widens the door from compassion, kindness, and patience. Later on, I joined the Coming of Age facilitator team. Coming of Age is our religious education program for eighth grade youth. During their formative years, we ask students to turn within themselves and ask the big questions capital B, capital Q. What values and beliefs do they hold and what do they want to become? And I have news for you asking a bunch of teenagers things like, What do you think happens after you die? And do you believe in God? And If you bought a soccer ball for your sister to be nice to to her just for once, but turns out it was made by an impoverished girl in a sweatshop, was buying the soccer ball an act of evil? (laughs) So those questions are hard to think about sometimes, especially when you're really young. Sometimes the the replies we got were only a few mumbled words, or a joke, or a snicker, or worse. They just weren't paying attention. When When the facilitators and I debriefed a session that was lackluster, we'd fret. At the end of the year, youth, these youth had to speak to their beliefs at the coming-of-age service in the spring. These questions were meant to prepare them, and if they weren't listening, then they were answering, and if they weren't answering, they weren't forming their beliefs. And if they weren't forming their, forming their beliefs, then they will fall flat on their faces at this podium, and they would fail, and we would fail, so of course we had reason to worry. Well, that's only half true. We adults choose to be part of the coming of age program, not only because it's important for the life of our congregation, but we also want to listen, understand, care for, and love the youth of our church. Each week, for those who showed up and participated fully, for those who goofed off, for those who mumbled a few words, for those who dropped out midway through the program, for those who could no longer hold in the tears in their eyes after a bad day, We as adults strive to give each individual unconditional positive regard. To build trust, we had to invite their whole selves to love and affirm and honor who they are, and then invite them to glimpse into their potential as becoming beings. So sometimes coming of age isn't always about the questions. It's about the bonds that we build to show our youth that they belong in this religious community. The great miracle of coming of age takes place at the service in the spring. I call it a miracle because it is something that I actually witness before my eyes and ears, but I cannot fully explain it. To my sheer delight and surprise, most of the youth I've worried about all year end up showing that they can walk up to this very podium and speak to the congregation with such authenticity, thought, humor, wisdom, and wonder. If you've been in the thick of it with me, you realize that these youth were listening all along. They were listening all along, not only to the adults, but to themselves. All of those years in small groups with coming of age, asking the deep questions, and, and providing sermons to this congregation a few times, has led me to articulate my beliefs and what I think it means to be a human being. My central belief is that we are all becoming, that change is constant, that we are never the same from one moment to another. And so the question is, how do we become the best versions of ourselves as we change, as we emerge? For me, it is what America's favorite daytime TV host, Oprah Winfrey, once said. She said, I know for sure that what we dwell on is who we become. I know for sure that what we dwell on is who we become. Every day, we give our time and attention to things with great intention and intense focus. This is how we grow careers, loving relationships, build families, solve problems, confront injustice, experience wonder, mystery, and awe. And every day, we are also surrounded by an abundance of wonder, mystery, and awe that can be found even in the most ordinary, mundane things, like an oak leaf. Often, we miss it. And every day, we're susceptible to thieving temptations and distractions that we know aren't worth as much of our time as we give them. So I believe that every choice that you make has a compounding impact on the person you are becoming. David Foster Wallace, in his graduation speech titled This Is Water, asserts that we have the freedom to worship whatever we'd like, like God, or money, or material goods, or ourselves, or one another. Any and all of that has a serious power and grip over you. He asks us to be consciously aware of what we are devoting our lives and values to and to look at whether it is growing our potential or eating us alive. He says, the really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and effort and being able to truly care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over in myriad petty little unsexy ways every day. That is real freedom. The alternative is unconsciousness, the default setting, the rat race, the constant gnawing sense of having had and lost some infinite thing. As Unitarian Universalists, we practice our faith by facing the mystery of life head on. At worship, we open ourselves to be shaped by the wisdom and calling from the pulpit. In small groups, we listen deeply and openly to one another, our own lives, and our deepest selves. When we actively engage with the world to address the needs and injustices of our community, However you choose to be in relationship with your own Unitarian Universalist faith, I ask you to raise awareness within yourself of how that is impacting you and how you impact others. The late American author Amy Krauss Rosenthal once said, for anyone trying to discern what to do with their life, pay attention to what you pay attention to. That's pretty much all the information you need. Pay attention to what you pay attention to. Let us go forth in a spirit of open to life and readiness to bless the world with our love and service. Amen. Our closing song is number 64, Oh, Give Us the Pleasure and the Flowers Today.